Join us for PR Safari, a podcast by Center for Public Relations. PR Safari, your ultimate guide to navigate the complex PR landscape in Africa. Find us at www.cpr.africa. Hello, my name is Chris Songalua, and today we have two guests, Irene Chalimo, Head of Marketing and Production, and Enoch Mokaya, Head of Operations and Business Development, both of Real Analytics. Real Analytics has partnered with many public relations practitioners to track their performance in the media space. Real Forge was a brand uh, that was known for media monitoring. That was essentially the business. By the time Real Forge was clocking 10 years, we had started getting to a point where clients were asking for more, more than just media monitoring. We needed to evolve, come up with new products that can enhance media monitoring. In summary, I can say that Real Forge got to the end of its life cycle. In 2019, June, Real Forge completed its assignment. Real Forge was a basic media monitoring service provider to most clients in Kenya. What we basically did was to reorganize our business with a new mindset and to rethink media monitoring and we decided that we want to do media intelligence. So we formed an organization called Real Analytics from the ground up. That was in July 2019. And um, essentially it enhanced media monitoring service and anchored itself in analytics. And so what we provide our clients is media analytics, business intelligence, amongst other service offerings like research, so we are, a, we are a data company. We refuse to be called a media monitoring organization. Mm-hmm. And when Irene says that Real Forge attained its highest point of life, essentially media monitoring business had become, uh, let me say, um, it reached its elastic limit with Real Forge. I therefore would be interested to know what the differences are between media monitoring and business intelligence and whether that's any different from research. Media monitoring is basically was I in the media. It's basically a report of what has happened. But media intelligence goes beyond that to telling me whether my media activities are efficient. We know of efficacy of publicity. So essentially, if you're from an agency, you like to know whether you're really helping your clients. We got to a point where clients were pushing their agencies that I need to be in station X, I need to be in publication X, Y, and Z, I need my PRVs to be this much. But the conversation needs to change to, am I on the right station? Am I meeting the right audiences? So that then this question of I need a thousand stories or a million or a billion PRVs Mm -hmm. is neither here nor there. So you need someone to help you think, is my comms efficacious, if that that word actually exists, or am I creating impact? So media monitoring will be, uh, for instance, client X has been mentioned here, this is their tone, this is the prominence, and this is the story. And this is the PRV. And this is the PRVs. Mm -hmm. But media intelligence will move uh, an edge further and tell you, in as much as I've been mentioned here and my competitors have been mentioned here, what does that mean? And is that the right place? And that is where we even have media optimization. Am I on the optimum media channels? Are these channels traditionally giving me the impact that I deserve? 
there is a stark difference if your story is aired on the traditionally known channels that command huge audiences compared to a new station that comes up tomorrow so you need to guide clients on where they need to be for instance you as a client you've had your campaigns on station x were those campaigns impactful and can that be measured is can it be quantified so as real analytics we do measurement of media monitoring which is a component of business intelligence so we'll tell you that your comms campaigns for the previous quarter were impactful to this level and so for you to be impactful even better then you need to do this you need to do this so essentially we guide you every step of the way from a monitoring and evaluation point of view there is the process of input output outcome and impact what if you guys went to a level where now you're saying fine we managed to reach these many people but what did that reaching do to these people yes so we've had clients who actually come with that question and actually what you're describing in in summary is the barcelona principles of pr measurement that you should be able to set goals to measure outcomes and also outputs and the outcomes actually create an impact in one way or another so for instance an organization will run a campaign they would want to know whether the people on the ground resonated in a certain way with that campaign and that will inform strategies that they will take next time whether to tweak a few things here and there so for us now that we also have a research and advisory arm such requests can actually be settled we moved to the field and we've done quite a number of research not just in Kenya in various markets like Ghana Egypt the model that you used to use i don't know whether you still use it was borrowing heavily from advertising the AVE PRV essentially you are equating the space to the money and PR is moving away from that has actually moved away from that I don't know whether there's a way that you are beginning to give us measurements away from PRV and then maybe you can tell us the times 5 the times 1 the times and how you do it so advertising value equivalent and uh, by extension public relations equivalent PRVs one of the ways of uh, calculating AVs from any media monitor's standpoint is you first of all has to get the red card value mm-hmm. which is public information today if you write to each media house and ask them for their red card they'll give it to you so once we get those red card values we ingest them into our system and then when we are doing our production and I'll give an example of print so we look at a single page where that story exists when it's being cropped the system calculates the column centimeters or the amount of space that that story occupies and there's a red card for a media house that corresponds to that space so when you do the calculation how much space times the red card then you get the avs same applies to broadcast media so there are avs or red card values for uh, different spaces of time across various stations so if my coverage was for a period of 30 seconds or an hour then you multiply that by the red card for that specific slot and you get the advertising value equivalent now how do we arrive at prvs prvs are actually a function of the av uh, whereby you take the avs 
you multiply by a multiplicity factor. The rationale behind that is the fact that, and this is publicly known in, um, in agencies, in communications research and all that, that publicity is more valuable than advertising. So with that rationale, research has gone into this field, and um, if you read literature, PRVs can actually be, uh, the multiplicity factor can be chosen between 2 and 13. So various organizations are free to choose whatever multiplicity they will use. The rationale here is that provided I'm able to choose the multiplicity between this space of uh, numbers, I should be able to stick to it. You can't choose today two, tomorrow you choose five, mm -hmm. tomorrow you choose nine. One of the things we all agree is that the AVs are uniform. The PRVs will yes. be different depending on the multiplicity factor that was adopted. So you are free to choose between 2 and 13. In which case, people may argue that um, the publicity we've obtained here is 10 times stronger than advertising. It's 2 times stronger than advertising. It's 5 times, 9 times. Provided you choose that multiplicity, retain it. When we are reporting, we normally report on these are the number of AVs. And depending on the PRVs we've agreed with you, then these are the PRVs that you have attained. But we all agree that... AVs and PRVs are vanity metric because it tells me nothing to obtain 10 trillion PRV values. That's not money. Yeah. But if you look and say, okay, my AVs were a million, 10 million, at least that is uniform for everyone because that is the advertising value equivalent. And mind you, even if you were to pay, you won't pay that value because people negotiate for advertising rates. So I believe industry practitioners in the past, they needed a way of quantifying how much value we got on certain stations and publications. And that is what informed the PRVs and AVs. And because they knew that publicity is more valuable when you recommend me or someone talks about me uh, in a nice way or in a negative way, that is more valuable compared to if I was to advertise. And people actually remember more what was said as opposed to what was advertised. So that is the rationale behind the multiplicity. Now, research has really gone into this field, and that is where now they, they have given you know, an option of choosing the multiplicity factor that works for you. But provided you choose it, stick to it. So for us, because we know there are some clients who still rely on AVs, we provide it. We will agree that the multiplicity factor utilized here is 1, 1 1.2, 2, 3, and the highest I've seen also 5. I haven't seen people go past that. Over time, we've also realized that uh, with the guidance globally of the Barcelona principles and principle number 5 that says AVE is not um, a valuable metric, we have rethought through the principles and come up with a way of measuring PR. For us, we call it PRI, Public Relations Index, which essentially is a one-number score that quantifies the publicity that you've obtained. So we are able to tell you that uh, you, your publicity programs were successful or otherwise, and this is how much you scored. And that calculation doesn't factor AV anywhere. What does it factor? So we look at, um, again, we also do not factor the frequency. The number of stories do not matter. That is output. Yes. So it, it looks at the media space, how much space, because we say it matters to have 
substantial coverage, say on print on page one, page three, and it's obvious. So someone who's not even reading the paper, flipping inadvertently, they'll see that indeed this story is about so-and-so. And in the first two seconds, they'll be able to deduce that this story is about this. And they move on. So the space matters. Same applies on electronic media. If your story appears um, and it's you know uh, well covered, it matters. It creates impact. It creates an aspect of recall, mm-hmm. uh, awareness, and all that. So media space is a parameter. We look at prominence. Prominence in this case is the degree of conspicuousness of your publicity. So degree of conspicuousness in this case, it matters to have a relevant headline and a relevant picture footage. And it also matters not to have a relevant headline and a relevant picture footage. For instance, you'll find you've been mentioned within the bottom 80% of that article. Someone who's reading that paper, for instance, for the next two, three minutes, they won't even know that you've been mentioned. But if they pay some bit of attention, then they'll see it. So it matters to a less extent. We are able to tell you that this prominence is excellent, this prominence is good, this one is average, this one is poor, so therefore work on their prominence. So your brief to the peer agency would be that I need five prominent stories on X, Y, and Z platforms. And the choice of those X, Y, and Z platforms is informed by what we call also impressions. So for instance, we have a look at audience data, information on platforms that command a significant reach, And then, of course, now, for us, the dynamics of the PRI calculation, we look at tonality. So it matters when your stories are negative. We know that even some people, especially politicians, negative stories will propel them. And they'll actually be good. But for corporate clients, it harms them. Because then you have this general feel that you're not in control. And you may end up losing customers. So we look at tonality, which plays out in all those parameters. We look at prominence, we look at uh, the media space uh, location, and we also look at uh, the impressions. And we calculate that and end up with a one-number score, which is bounded between 0 and 100, and tell you your score was 30% or 100%, map that on a number line and tell you this is what it means. And so for you to move it from 30 to 36, you need to do X, Y, and Z. That X, Y, and Z is what we call the strategy now. And that is what informs the recommendations to some of our clients. And we are happy that for the past four years, we have been able to guide a few, some of our clients to improve their PR, which also resonates with the results they've been getting. And because Barcelona principle number four talks about uh, research, uh, you should be able to measure outcome, then people are able to find research findings and incorporate with the findings from output. So you say, my score on media based on the activities I'm having was this. My score based on the research is this. Then you have a way of combining that. And ultimately, you can talk about the score of that brand. I want to give you a scenario, a case study. And then you'll tell me how you're coming. So my case study is on condoms. I want to run a campaign on reducing the rate of HIV in... um, Let's work with Karen. The logical framework is input, output, outcome, impact. So we are at the output level, and the output is that we are saying we are going to do a training. We are going to do all those activities that we can talk about. And of course, I now use channels and what have you. Whether it means I'm going to meet them physically or not. I'm going to train commercial sex workers how to use a condom. I've trained them, so that is outcome. 
I've trained you. But now, this sex worker that I've taught how to use a condom, I will not be in the bedroom. So whether they used the condom or they were paid for sex without a condom is another story that I can't control. That conversion from using the condom the way I trained you and translating it into impact is what I'm trying to establish, whether you can come in. You see, first of all, we are measuring your performance of your output. So based on um, how you're communicating, your choice of stations, uh, was it optimal? Your um, placement of those messages? So we will be able, first of all, to see was your communication, uh, how did you perform in terms of your comms? And then when you come to research, what was the expected output? Was that achieved? So we will be able to actually quantify and tell you that you've met success X, Y, and Z because there are different milestones that we are able to actually measure. So if one of them was a reduction in the... And, and perhaps most of the time you find that you communicate, you expected that you will have a reduced rate, but now in this case it has shot up. So which means then perhaps the problem was how did you communicate? Was the message well received? How do people perceive it? So real analytics comes in. First of all, they'll do that research on the ground. Second of all, we'll be able to measure the success of your comms campaigns on that uh, media. Because, for instance, if you're targeting guys in Lokicha and you're advertising on a station that doesn't even broadcast in that region, do you think those people on the ground will get the message? They won't. And in most cases, look at how, just look a few years back, like a decade uh, backwards. How was media chosen? It was based on who do I know. Mm -hmm. I know I have a guy in KBC. I know someone. Somewhere is going to run this story. But now things are changing because even the way guys are picking out media is actually programmatic. There has to, it has to be based on numbers. And that is why even the audience research firms nowadays are devising different methodologies. Uh, you know, others through SMS, others you know, going to the guys on the ground, others through phone calls. To be able to get a feel of who are actually listening to this. And the, the closest we've gotten to ac very accurate information is passive, which hasn't picked up in Kenya. But we believe in the next few years we should be able to get ourselves in a position where I can know that you're in your car driving, but you're listening to classic and you've changed that station to, say, ghetto radio, whatever it is. You're saying there's, there are no systems for that? It has not been adopted in Kenya. Passive audience data collection. That will be near accurate, but it's an expensive affair. You are not able to sustain running audience research every single week. The closest guys I've gotten is doing it monthly, but some have defaulted to doing it quarterly, yearly. And then because also the numbers also do not change significantly. For instance, we've seen research ranking Citizen TV as the top station nationally. So you'll find every other person who does some sort of research, you'll find or get closer to that kind of output as to the specific numbers. They may not tally, but at least the trends are obvious. And so any advertiser will say, this is where the audiences are, so I need to reach out the audiences. And even before you put your ads, back to the case that you're giving, you need to understand who is the end target. Is it the women of a certain age? Is it the men? So you need also to understand those guys and which stations they are listening to. So that then, even in your media plan, you've chosen it scientifically, knowing that these guys are here, I'll actually get them listening to this program or watching this program, and therefore I'll run this 
add or material or combs or sensitization here. Then now you can go and measure and see whether you've met your objectives. Ladies and gentlemen, Irene and Enoch, thank you very much for making the time. We appreciate it.